Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 7. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I want to read you a little story. It's the story of Gustav Dore, Dore. And he is a renowned or was a renowned artist who lived from 1821 to 1883. And he lost his passport while traveling to in Europe. And when he came to a border crossing, he explained his predicament to one of the guards. Giving his name to the official, DeRay hoped he would be recognized and allowed to pass. The guard, however, said that many people attempted to cross the border by claiming to be persons that they were not. Well, Dore insisted that he was the man he claimed to be. All right, said the official, we'll give you a test. And if you pass the test, we will allow you to go through. Well, handing him a pencil and a sheet of paper, he told the artist to sketch several peasants standing nearby. Well, Dore did it so quickly and skillfully that the guard was convinced he was indeed who he claimed to be because his work confirmed his words. Does yours. If you've been with us, you know this is Jesus. His work confirmed his word. I told you in chapter 6, that you will find the words of Jesus. Then as we move forward to chapter 7, I told you that we will find the works of Jesus. If you have been with us, you know that the fame of Jesus has been spreading. And all kinds of people, Pharisees and Sadducees, Romans, Gentiles, sick people, lame people, lepers, all kinds of people are following Jesus. And you know the story. Were you with me in chapter 7? Jesus hears of a sick servant of a centurion and with a word spoke and the servant was healed. Then Jesus moves on to the city of Nain. Remember, he sees a funeral procession and he stops the procession. He tells the mother of the dead son, don't cry And then speaks to the boy, young man, arise from the dead, and he did. Meanwhile, listen, back at the ranch, John the Baptist has been put in prison because Herod was sinning, remember? And John called him out. And John, they put John in prison. And remember, John, this is the same John that was the forerunner of the Messiah. This is the John who was to prepare the way for the coming of Jesus. 
This is John the prophet who understood the prophecies that when the Messiah came, he would open the eyes of the blind and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped and the dead will raise and the lame shall leap and the tongue of the mute shall sing. This is John who is sitting in a damp, dingy, dirty, dark prison in doubt and despair like all them deeds. In doubt and despair, wondering, you were with me, is Jesus the Messiah or should he be looking for someone else? I really want to go over last week's sermon with you again. In the interest of time, I don't have time. I want to. You should. After service, if you were not here, just by show of hands, who was here last week? Were you here? Okay, good. That's most of you. For those of you that were not Please go by the bookstore. If you don't have three bucks, tell my wife you don't have three bucks. Take the CD. Some of y'all going to get it, even though you heard the sermon already. Okay. I mean, how many of y'all were here last week again? How many? All right. Elvira. If you were not here, did you hear me? You can get it. If you don't have three bucks, take it. It's called the virus of doubt. Very important. This morning, listen, we shift gears a bit and we meet two sinners, one Savior. Two sinners, one Savior. I love this story. I think you will too. We have got a lot to cover. I better move forward. Luke chapter 7. Are you in chapter 7? And looking at verse 36. If you look at verse 36, say amen. Amen. Then one of the Pharisees in verse 36 asked Jesus, him, to eat with them. And he went to the Pharisee's house and he sat down to eat. Stop right there, saints. Give me your attention. Told you we had a lot to cover. But we have to stop. Notice here, this is very important. Remember last time I told you the story of the widow of Nain, who we talked about that in Luke chapter 7 is the only place in the Bible you will find that story. Uh, The story that we're going to read today, the story that we have in front of us, is also only found in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus is having dinner at the house of a Pharisee, or maybe the Pharisee is actually having Jesus for dinner. Anybody know what I mean? Elvira and I, from time to time, as a pastor, people invite us over for dinner from time to time, and it's wonderful. And sometimes I'll tell you a little bit of a on-the-way-to-the-house car conversation. We're going away to the house and we say, okay, are we going there to have dinner like chicken and fish or are we going to be dinner? You never know. Sometimes we've gone to places where they're like, well, you know, I've been meaning to tell you this and I've been meaning to tell you that. And I'm like, okay, they're having us for dinner. Maybe, just maybe, here's a little sanctified imagination for you. Maybe Jesus is feeling the same way. We don't know. Jesus is in the house of Simon 
the Pharisee, and we know his name is Simon. Some of y'all are like, how do you know? Rodney, you just read one verse. How do you know his name is Simon? I'm glad you asked. Because if you peruse down to verse 40, you will find his name is Simon. So we discover that Jesus is in the house of Simon. Simon's house is located in Galilee where it's green and it's mountainous and it's beautiful. Simon, listen, is very wealthy. So Jesus is in the house of a very wealthy Pharisee. And in that culture, listen, if a person came to town, are you listening? If a person came to town of notoriety, A person came to town who was famous or a politician. It was very, very common because in those days they did not have YouTube. They did not have a God tube, a boob tube or or, or iPods or anything like that. No communication, no speakers, no nothing. So in those days when somebody famous came to town, it was very common for people from all over the place to come to where that person was at located. And if that person was in the house, people would gather around the walls on the roof. Hmm? Explains why Jesus was in the house and let the man down in the roof because people came. So it was very, very common for people to be around because Jesus was around. Remember, I told you that the fame of Jesus had been spreading. So Jesus is in the house of this wealthy man. Sitting at a table, if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down, sitting at a table called a triclinium. If you're taking notes, it's spelled T-R-I-C-I-L-L-I-U-M, a triclinium. A triclinium is a three-sided table. If you have seen um, a picture of the Last Supper, You have seen the disciples, they are sitting at a table which is really, really low, and they're almost almost sitting on the floor, except they're actually sitting on pillows, but they're all sitting on one side of the table, and they're sitting at a triclinium. I don't know, but I've always wondered how come, whenever you see a picture of um, uh, the disciples and the Last Supper, if they're all sitting on one side of the table, and they're all smiling. Have you noticed that? It's like they knew they were taking a picture that was going to be lasting for all time and eternity. And they know that it's not appropriate to look crazy in a picture. My little side note, that's all. So they're sitting at a triclinium. The triclinium is a three-sided table. They're leaning. The triclinium is what people would gather around. People would, when they, when they fellowship, they would just kind of lean back on a pillow and sitting on the floor. And just kind of around the table, they would just sit and and fellowship that way. So there's Jesus reclining at the table, and there were other teachers there. Religious leaders are there. Other educated people are there. Uh, Many people are there out of curiosity. I'm sure that there were other Pharisees there. And, of course, the Pharisees, Jesus being who he is, they are dressed in their finest of clothes because uh, they were rich, The Pharisees usually were very rich, and we can safely assume that the atmosphere was very elegant, the finest of dinnerware, white tablecloths, no paper napkins at this table, only nice linen, nice white cloths, two spoons, 
two forks, butter knife, water glass, soda glass, wine glass, teeny weeny, small coffee cups. You ever see those? At least two plates. I don't know why. Why do people put two plates? I know that there's one for a salad, but there's no need for that. I say pile the food on one plate, salad on the bottom, everything else on top, because it's all going in the same way. Somebody say amen. amen. And should I go there or not? No, don't go there. But it's all come. Okay, I won't even go there. All right. But two plates, everything is so nice. Saints, here's my point. In the house of this Pharisee, everything was in order and proper and respectable. And they invite Jesus over to eat with them, which as you search the Bible, please hear me. As you search the Bible, you will notice Jesus never turns down an opportunity to eat. Somebody say amen. Isn't that true? Search the scriptures. Jesus, listen, you are being, you are being most like Jesus if you like to eat. You're being most like him. You're holy and spiritual. There, I've set you free. Now go eat. Jesus loved to eat. Read the Bible. Zacchaeus, you know, Jesus said to Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. We're having dinner at your house. Simple as that. After the resurrection, Jesus said to Thomas, Thomas, touch me. Don't you remember doubting Thomas? Jesus had risen from the grave. And they were, the disciples were talking about the fact that Jesus had risen from the grave. And Thomas didn't believe it. And Jesus, the Bible says, came walking through the door. After the resurrection, he had metaphysically changed where he could walk through items or walk through walls, walk through doors. He walks up to Thomas and he says, Thomas, take your fingers and stick them into my hand and take your hand and stick it into into my side. And don't be doubting, but believing, he said to Thomas. And then after he said that to Thomas, then he said to the, the other disciples, he said, hey, you guys got anything to eat? Just like that. Remember in Revelation, it was Jesus himself who said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone opens, he will come in and what? And sup, some of your Bibles say sup, or eat, or dine with you. The Bible says when Jesus establishes, get this, when Jesus establishes the kingdom of God, do you know the first order of business is? A potluck. It's called the, what, marriage supper of the lamb. You know that. So Jesus is in the house of Simon for dinner in verse 37. Saints, we got to move on. Look at verse, in verse 36, look at verse 37. And behold, in verse 37, you're looking at it, say amen. Amen. And behold, a woman, some of y'all ain't looking. Look at verse 37. If you're looking at it, say amen. amen. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner. I find that fascinating. Not her name. A woman from a city who was a sinner. When she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, she bought an alabaster flax of fragrant oil. And she stood at his feet behind him. Would you circle that word in your Bibles? Behind him, weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with her hair of her head. And she kissed his feet 
and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, this man, if he was a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who's touching him. For she is what? A sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I got something to say to you. So he said, teacher, some of your Bibles say master, rabboni, rabbi, teacher, go ahead, say it. Jesus said, tell you a little story. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Now tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? And Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said, you said it right. And then he turned to the woman. Notice he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with her, with her hair of her head. And you gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since that, the time that I came in. And you did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, did you get me? Which are many. Are what, saints? Uh huh. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. Are you happy about that? Y'all ain't acting happy about it. Are you happy about it? Your sins are forgiven. That's what he's saying to you today. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who, who even forgives sins? And then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Saints, stop right there. Look at me. So while they're sitting down at dinner, in walks a woman who the Bible, again, I just find it fascinating, does not even give her name. The Bible says a woman walks in who is a sinner. The woman knew that Jesus was there, so she bought an alabaster flax of ointment, and she stood behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with her tears. She stood behind him. Now listen, I failed to tell you, are you listening? I failed to tell you the triclinium is a very low table. Sometimes people would kind of sit with their legs stretched out this way and recline on a pillow this way in the triclinium at the, at the table. And then sometimes they would kind of kneel down and kind of rest on their, on their ankles where their feet were facing that way. So when the woman, do you understand, when the feet were facing behind them, so when the woman came in, she is standing behind Jesus. She begins to weep. Her tears begin to fall on his feet, and then she wipes his feet with her hair. Are you with me? Now, let me just give you a modern-day scene of this picture. 
a female silhouette darkens the door frame. Probably standing there in cut off jeans, dirty. Maybe the jeans were cut off really high. Very inappropriate. Maybe she's wearing a T-shirt. Maybe she's wearing one of those Ed Hardy T-shirts. I ain't got nothing wrong with Ed Hardy, but they look kind of crazy. <laughs> That's just my own opinion. That's all. And people, they got, some of them look kind of tore up and stuff and cut up. And I'm like, I don't understand that. Why would somebody buy a T-shirt that got holes in it? I don't get it. You know, I say go to Walmart, buy a T-shirt with no holes in it. Bring that T-shirt here. I will be happy to cut it up for you. And then I can save you a couple hundred dollars. You can just make your check payable to me. That's all. Maybe she's standing there in dirty clothes. Hair disheveled. She doesn't have nice skin, no proactive. And she stands there. And she knows she's not supposed to be there. She also knows she's not welcome to be there. And of course, she expects ridicule and people pointing the finger and maybe some religious people tell her, look, this place isn't for your kind. Get out. And maybe some violent Christian. Is that not an oxymoron? A violent Christian. I know there's none here right now. But a violent Christian, maybe some violent Christian grabs her by the elbow and forces her out, but she doesn't leave and she musters up enough energy to come back in the room. And I'm sure the shame of this woman is so heavy. We cannot see as we read what I call the white space between the lines. We can't see all the dynamics. Her hair is long and probably hiding her face in humility and humiliation And finally, she looked into Jesus' eyes, and he looked into her face. And I told them second, and I shall tell you third, I do not believe that it it is possible to look Jesus in the eyes and not be changed. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. I don't believe that's possible. I really don't. There's something, there's, you know what, I don't, nah, I've seen people, they, I've seen pictures and every culture got their Jesus, depending on where you go. You go to Africa, Jesus looks like a Negro. You go to an Asian country, Jesus looks Asian. I'm just keeping it real, I'm not being racist, y'all calm down. I'm just telling you what it is. Having traveled to many places, people depict Jesus the way they look. Y'all know what I'm talking about, or y'all, 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 y'all getting all uncomfortable. Okay. That's all I'm saying. And so I've seen many, many pictures of Jesus. But I can tell you something. None of them ever, I believe, can truly capture the, the nature, how do you paint the nature of God? How is that possible? It isn't. He's incomprehensible. He's immutable. He's eternal. He's infinite. You are finite. On your best day, you cannot comprehend Jesus. You can't comprehend God on your best day. Did you hear me? 
So you do your best. I mean, I mean, you got a nice picture. Don't misunderstand me. It looks great. But I don't believe it's possible to look in the eyes of Jesus. I don't believe it's possible to look in the eyes of this book and not be changed. Somebody once said, this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. Oh, you need to write that down. That was good. You know, that was good. You need to write that down. I'm going to put that on Facebook. <laughs> yep, I am. Watch. Go there tonight. It'll be right there. Go there. It's impossible. So she looks into Jesus' eyes, and Jesus looks into her face, and this woman, listen, are you still with me? And this woman had with her the one thing that still meant something pure to her. Many, I would say 99.9% of Bible scholars believe that this woman was a prostitute. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.